we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for all the info you need to make yourself a smarter, better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they got you covered on all the sports. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for avid sports bettors providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page so you never miss a pick. SportsGamingPodcast.com slash BTV. That's SportsGamingPodcast.com slash BTV. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG betting that's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP, for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SGP. Welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. Thank you all basketball DJs out there who are listening to our 129th episode on Monday, February 26th. We're recording this at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So uh, check in on our Slack channel at sg.pn slash Slack for any news updates that might change any of our previews and picks before the game. And hey, while you're online, make sure to subscribe to NBA Gambling Podcast on Apple and Spotify. And if you're feeling really generous, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps us out. So much appreciate those of you who have uh, already left a review. It's been helping the podcast grow, and uh, hopefully you're tell- telling all your fellow DJs to subscribe as well. Uh, those of you who are already in the know know that I am your humble host, the thoughtful thousandaire, the clairvoyant capper, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee. Give me a follow at the Ryan McKee on Twitter. And today I am joined by a first-time guest. He's an NBA writer for Fantasy Pros and contributes to the Action Network, as well as hosts the Stretch for NBA Fantasy podcast. The Oracle from Oakland, the prognosticator of player props. Get up for Dan Titus. Dan, how are you doing? McKee, thanks for having me, man. Awesome intro, man. Love it to be. Thanks for having me here and uh, excited to talk hoops, man. Absolutely. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're a Philly fan, but you're living in Oakland. Yes, sir. By way of Philly. So grew up outside of Philadelphia, went to school in Virginia Tech. Uh, Love my time as a Hokie. Shout out to them. 
And then I wound up getting a job uh, working for Lockheed Martin as an aerospace and defense engineer, project manager, did that for 11 years. And man, it just, it wasn't me, man. Like some, te- oh, wow. some people realize, you know, at some point in their lives, like, you know what, I shouldn't probably be doing this if I'm looking at my phone, looking at the latest stats, looking at, looking at my fantasy teams, all that stuff. So took the leap of faith, man. And and right before the pandemic, I actually decided to resign from my position and go at this fantasy sports betting thing full time. And it's been a grind, but I've loved it, man. The, the pandemic's been especially uh, transcending for me. Uh, I started working for Fantasy Pros, started out there being a volunteer writer. So anyone that's trying to get into the industry, just recommend that you just keep the grind up, do whatever you can to network, meet people in the industry. And then I started getting paid by them. Now I'm an NBA expert ranker. So if you have any advice, any needs for fantasy basketball, I'm your guy. And check out a stretch for a podcast. We actually released our fourth episode today. You can get that on Spotify or Apple. And then, so, you know, I really just, uh, we were talking about it before the show, McKee, but, uh, you know, as I grew up loving fantasy sports and like, that was my thing, but like, I'm looking at this wave of sports betting legalization going sweeping the nation. And I was like, man, I got to get in on this. And uh, it just seemed like a logical step for me. You know, I play season long fantasy sports for football and basketball. I started dabbling in DFS, but honestly, man, I just, I can't beat the bots. You know, so at, yeah. At one point, I'm the like, same you know way. What? I I really want to be good at DraftKings, but I am yeah. just ne- I can't beat the bots. You're right. I the there are people who are just much smarter than me at numbers, as are you, I'm sure, yeah. since you have right. a uh, <laughs> an actual degree from a tech school, and I have my English degree from Arizona State. So, um, but I, I feel good. You that probably you, had a lot you, more fun than I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely did. I'm sure, but uh, it didn't make for a lot of uh, job opportunities afterwards. But um yeah so i feel good that somebody as smart as you uh, also is having trouble <laughs> for sure man and it's uh so yeah i i so i also write a, a weekly fan article for fantasy pros on thursdays uh but i i have good recommendations just whenever i try to do it it doesn't seem to work the same so but I anyway you. i i go from dfs and i'm like you know player props is not that far of a derivative off of um off of off of the dfs model so I got really into that, and it's fortunate I work for a startup called Fanshore. Uh, it's an insights as a service company that services betting trends, the latest mm-hmm. contextually relevant betting trends, and really cool company. They're going to have a really a really big announcement coming up pretty soon, but uh, it really helped me kind of get into the betting space. And then after that, I found my way to Action Network and been writing this Sunday prop article for the last uh, two months now. So just been, been an awesome ride, man extremely fortunate and, and happy to keep talking about it. Love this stuff. Well, that's so cool. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining me today. And make sure to give Dan a follow on Twitter at Dan Titus. Uh, Dan tweets out some great player props as well as some really interesting stats. Like last week, I saw you sent out uh, Jeremy Grant set a new career high with 43 points, which surpassed his father, the Bulls and Magic great Horace Grant's career high of 41 points. I would have never known to look for that. That was a great stat. Yeah, super random. And uh, it's crazy how well, you know, no one really talks about like, you know, I know the balls are getting a lot of hype because they have two of them, you know, in the league right now in Leangelo somewhere in a G League team somewhere. But, you know, the grants have a have created a really good franchise of of players in the league. You know, they got Jerry and Grant, they got Jeremy, his his uh, his uncle with Horace and his father, Harvey, you know, they're, they're just churning out players much like the holidays, it seems like. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, you're right. You don't hear as much about that. Or uh, I guess I guess when I was growing up, Horace Grant was a big name, but maybe he he's gotten left to the uh, the bigger names yeah. like Scotty and and Jordan. Oh yeah, so, yeah. He kind of got left behind there. <laughs> uh, but he had a great uh, a great part in the Last Dance. So if you guys haven't checked out that, which most people have uh, by now, but uh, out of Horace Grant. Um, okay, so uh, let's get into it. Today we're going to be doing quick picks for tonight's uh, later games. Blazers, Suns, Heat, Thunder, Hornets, Jazz, Lakers, Wizards. And we might also uh, quickly talk about uh, Chicago, Houston if we have time. And then we're going to jump into uh, Tuesday's previews. That's a nine-game slate tomorrow. That's a weird Tuesday. Tuesday is usually a lesser slate. And yeah, it's Monday usually pretty is- light. Yeah, but uh, nine games late, that's huge. Uh, we're going to highlight any matchups that particularly stand out. Uh, this should all take about an hour and then join us tomorrow live on the Locker Room app at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where we'll be talking about all of Tuesday night's picks right before the game. So uh, if you're not already on Locker Room, definitely check us out. Give me a follow. Uh, let's start with my matchup for tonight. Portland Trailblazers at the Phoenix Suns. My uh, Suns minus six or six and a half, depending on your book. I'm seeing a total of 227. These are two red hot Western teams. It is the first time they matched up this season. Phoenix took three of the four games against the spread last season. Uh, Portland six and one against the spread in their last seven. Phoenix eight and one against the spread in their last nine. I am. Obviously, huge Phoenix fans, as listeners know, as I was just telling Dan before the podcast. Um, So I'm going to be leaning with Phoenix. However, I got to say, Portland, I cannot read. I keep expecting them to fall off with Nurk and McCollum and Zach Collins and Harry Giles all out. I keep expecting them to suck. But Lillard seems to will them to win time after time, except when I finally bet on them. They had six (laughs) wins in a row and then uh, they play Washington and Washington beats them of of all teams. So I can't figure out Portland. How what are you thinking about this game? Yeah, super bizarre loss to the Wizards. Um but I, I would agree. I've been waiting for the Blazers to fall off. But, you know, when is Dame going to get the MVP conversation nod, man? Because, like, he's I just agree. been he, – he's essentially Steph Curry, right? Like, if you eliminate him off of the Blazers, what are the Blazers going to be? Absolutely nothing. So, it's just a, it's just been amazing to watch him, especially in the passing game. He's averaged, like, uh, I believe he's put up at least 10 assists in his last four contests so or last five contests. And usually we're expecting Dame to just go off for 30, 40 points to keep them in there, but he's been really good at facilitating. So, you know, this matchup while, you know, the Blazers are seven and two as road dogs, the, the, the Suns are nine and three as home favorites, man, at six points, I, I kind of like the Blazers chances here, but, but then again, you know, they've been beating up against pretty bad teams, uh, and Phoenix is a top 10 in defensive efficiency. So is this the moment where the Phoenix Suns really slow them down? And I think it might be. I think it might be. So I'm, I'm going to take the – I'm going to be conservative here. I'm going the Suns money line because I don't trust the the line. I think it might be actually pretty close in, in terms mm-hmm. of the six points. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blazers kept it in. But I also think this could be the bump in the road where, you know, the Blazers actually face a formidable opponent and they might get held in check. Yeah, well, I like that for sure. Uh, I'm seeing right now that according to BetQL, the public money is coming in 
Uh, well, it's about 50-50 public money right now, and the sharp money is slightly, slightly on the suns right now. I have a quick player prop to throw out. I'm uh, interested to see what you think of this one, Dan. Uh, so DeAndre Ayton has been averaging 12 rebounds per game. Uh, he had 16 against the Pelicans when Steven Adams was out. And this feels like a similar spot because Portland is in the bottom seven for giving up total rebounds to opponents per game. Also giving up 47 points per game in the paint. They haven't been able to protect the paint since uh, all their big men have went gone down except for Ennis Cantor. Uh, I like Aiton over 12 rebounds tonight. What do you think about that? I like the play because, you know, his line is at a yeah 12 and a half. I, I think that the, the Portland trailblazers front court has been the problem and Enos Kander, while he's played really well and played actually some defense as of late, I just don't think that he can keep eight off the glass. Like there's, yeah. I think that there's going to be a really good opportunity for him to just clear the paint, own the paint, clear him out the way. Like it, that should be a pretty easy work for him. I like that what play. Do you, DeAndre, yeah, DeAndre what do you think about this total? I know that, Phoenix has been a great defense. However, in their last seven games, six of the totals have gone over. And then Portland, 11 of their last 16 games have gone over. What do you think about that total of 227? It's, uh, I, 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 every time I'm betting against these defensive teams, man, they always seem to surprise me. And all of a sudden they don't play defense. But for me, I, I feel like I've got to go the under on it because I just, I feel like this is where the clamps are going to be put down on the Portland offense. And if, you know, the Portland or the, uh, excuse me, the Phoenix Suns, you know, I think that they're going to probably match up, mix up their matchups a little bit, maybe put Macau Bridges on Lillard, uh, put some, you know, Jay Crowder is also a very tough defender. I think they're just going to bully them around. And when they're playing their style of basketball, they're not going to, the Portland Trailblazers aren't going to be able to get out and transition as much, run the floor, which is really what, you know, helps them, you know, thrive is like, they really, you know, get, get out to their wings. They push the tempo. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to slow this down a little bit. So I'm going to go the under on 227. Oh, I like that take of Bridges on Lillard. I didn't think about that. Um, I'm sure that, um, I mean, Chris Paul's still a good defender at 35 years old, but uh, Bridges, obviously, like a next level, turning into a next level defender this season on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, any I have other a prop for you. props you want to throw? Yeah, let's hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. So Damian Lillard, I know I was just talking about how he's been an assist he's turned into like the point God, you know, with all these assists as of late, but I'm actually going to go the under on his assist total. It's at minus minus one fifteen. uh, definitely do some shopping around, but you know, he's actually failed to exceed that total in each of his last six games as a road, uh, as a road dog, uh, with a, a going against a team with a winning record. So only averaging five assists over that span under those conditions. And, you know, while he's been super hot, you know, passing the ball, I don't think, you know, with Chris Paul there, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, I think it's going to be tough relying on his teammates to actually get those assists. So I don't see him going over eight and a half here. So I'm, I'm going to go probably fade the public here and uh, I'm going to go under on eight and a half assists. So it's a bit bold, but I, I think this is where the buck stops for for Dame. Yeah. You know what? I don't bet enough unders. I like that. Um, you know, a lot of people say life is too short to bet unders, but not if you want to win some money, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, like most of my, my props for, for action have actually been overs, but there's just been a, I don't know that some of the trends lately, you know, it's, it's hard to, how can you bet against Dame, man? Like he, he's got like 40 point double doubles here, you know, but 
I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that uh, this is going to be a really competitive game. It's going to be a scrappy game that may not afford itself uh, him too many opportunities to get assists from other players. And we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Want to get an advantage over the sportsbook when it comes to betting? You need to download BetQL, the only app you need to make smart bets. BetQL has sharp data for college basketball, NBA, and the NHL. So if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. Plus, they have tons of sportsbook offers for your state. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download the BetQL app. If you want an edge on the sportsbooks, head to BetQL.com and enter promo code SGP30 for 30% off your first subscription. That's promo code SGP30 at BetQL.com. We should move on to our next game. We've got the Miami Heat minus six and a half at Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm seeing a total of 212 lowest total on the slate. Uh, these two teams matched up on January 4th. Miami held OKC to 90 points. Uh, the game total was 208. OKC has been really good at covering this season. However, not at home for some reason. Against the spread, they're 4-8-1 and one while at home. While on the road against the spread, they're 12-5. and five. This seems like the opposite home road split of like Philly, who's really good at home, right? Right, um, terrible, terrible on the road. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing Dragic and Bradley are still out. Hero is questionable. Not seeing player props right now. Uh, but SGA has been real popular on props for our Slack channel. Um, so I'm interested to see what his number is at. Uh, what do you, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I was really curious about the props as well. I wanted to ride uh, as much as we were, I was just talking in the same vein as uh, Damian Lillard. I was really excited to see what Jimmy Butler's lines were going to be because he's been playing spectacular as of late, you know, a triple double in four of his last six. So I was definitely curious about whatever his points, rebounds and assists line was going to be. So hopefully we'll get more clarity on that later. But to your point, you know, the four, the Oklahoma city thunder four and eight as home dogs. I, and given their last matchup, you know, maybe it's recency bias, but I was just thinking before you even told me what that they that the heat held them to under 90 points i was thinking this was going to be an under scenario anyway just because uh the thunder you know they haven't been able to keep they haven't i don't feel like they haven't really gelled yet because if it's either al horford's resting one night sga is coming back off a knee injury they're constantly moving people around the rotation you know lou dort gets to start here hamadou diallo gets more playing time I just don't feel like they have the chemistry right now. And and as the Miami Heat are trying to look for that identity or regaining what they had last season, I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be a very hard team to to stop uh today. And I don't I don't think that they're gonna really have much success in terms of, of scoring as a team against them. So I'm gonna go the under of of this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a low total at uh, 212, but I hear you. I had actually written down that I don't expect a lot of points. A uh, little nervous about the number, but uh, the total has gone under in five of OKC's last six games. They've had some trouble scoring, and we know Miami is a good defensive team. Uh, Bam has been great, not giving up a lot of points in the paint. Uh, one of the best yeah. teams at defending in the paint this season. Um, I don't really have a hard lean on this right now. I'm uh, looking at Miami. I keep expecting them to get better. But again, these are two teams I can't really predict. I thought the OKC was going to be the worst team in the league this year, as I did last season, too. And then they were great. Um, and then I, I thought Miami was going to be great and they have really struggled. So uh, you have a lean on uh, who's going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miami. 
I, you know, I think it's just really been the play of Jimmy Butler, his inspired play since coming back from COVID-19. I think he's just been a new man. And I think that that's much of the trouble that Miami Heat have had, you know, had to endure early in the season is that they've just been extremely unlucky in terms of health. Tyler Hero has been out of the in and out of the lineup. Goran Dragic is still trying to get back. You know, I think that they just got to get healthy. And I think that this is a good matchup to start to get that chemistry and flow back to their game. And I just don't have really have a lot of faith in the Thunder right now. They're actually probably exceeding expectations, much to your point. Um, I didn't have them as the worst team in the league, but certainly had them as like a bottom five, certainly a lottery team expectations for next season. So, yeah, I'm not 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 thinking too too highly of them in a, in a matchup here where the Miami Heat are, are clearly looking to get wins and start to get that momentum back. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets at Utah Jazz. I'm seeing the Jazz minus 12 and a half. I'm seeing a total of 227 and a half. Uh, my other favorite player prop tonight besides DeAndre Ayton, I am looking at Gordon Hayward over 29 points, rebounds, and assists. These two teams matched up on February 5th, and Hayward had 25, 10, and 5 against his former team. I think he's going to get up for this game in Utah uh, going to want to prove those. I'm sure the Utah fans are going to be booing him since he left. So it'll be interesting. Uh, they put up a lot of points in the last game, both sides, 121 to 138. Utah won, and that was no overtime. That was just in four quarters. A ton of points. So I think Haywood will score a lot. Uh, Charlotte did have five days off due to COVID protocol, uh, came back, and uh, so we'll we'll see if maybe I'm I'm hoping – uh, Hayward is is rested and at full health. Uh, any leans on this game? I lean towards Utah, but you know that that line is definitely intriguing here. You know, twelve and a half points. That's a bit overstated. You know, like I, I feel I love where you went with your player prop. That revenge game narrative. I, I love playing that. And Hayward's return to Utah. I feel like they're going to be a little bit more inspired. You know, maybe Charlotte kicks it up a notch, but they already have really good pace of play, especially with Devontae Graham uh, still being out with a knee injury. I think LaMelo Ball has gotten plenty of time, which uh, actually that was going to be my player prop. I was going to go uh, LaMelo Ball over six and a half assists. I, I think he's going to get that pretty pretty easily, despite Utah's a really good defense. I don't know. I, I, I could see a, a lane where Charlotte could be competitive here. Uh, I'm going to take Charlotte's, Charlotte uh, against the spread there. Yeah, that was my lean as well. Uh, I mean, I know Utah, it was last game, right, that they lost to the Clippers, so maybe they're looking mm -hmm. for some revenge. But, I mean, it, it's really hard to fade Utah this season at all. I I mean, I've been betting on them more often than not and been winning more often than not. So, But 12.5, that's a considerable number for a Charlotte team that's been good this season. They've played really well as of late. So, yeah, and, and I... To your point about the layoff, you know, I, I think that that might have been a good time for them to get some practice time in, prepare for this matchup because this is the only thing they've been looking forward to because all their, you know, their games started to get canceled. I I like it. I, I don't know why that that seems like a bit high to me. And anytime anything is double digits, I'm always very curious about it. But 12 and a half for for a Charlotte team that I think is ascending that has some revenge narrative to it. Sign me up for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the Washington Wizards at Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers minus seven, seeing a total of 227. Schroeder and AD still out. Ish Smith is out. Thomas Bryant obviously still out for the season. Washington 
surprisingly has been hot their last five games, four and one against the spread. Uh, the total has gone under in seven of Washington's last 10 games, which is surprising. We think of them as only an offensive team, but they've been playing a little more defense, whereas the Lakers are two and six against the spread in their last eight. And they are going over a lot this season. 19 of their 31 games this season have gone under. So I kind of like that under at 227. That's a little higher than I would think of teams that have been hitting under. Um, where are you leaning for Wizards Lakers? Man, I, I don't know if you just caught me on an under day, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's turned into that. And I, I'm with you there. So the the thing about the Wizards that's, always very interesting to me is that they remain with Scott Brooks tops of the league in pace. And when you have Russell Westbrook, that's firing on all cylinders when he's actually not resting and, and Bradley Beal is clearly, you know, in a, having a great season, dropping 30 points a game leading the NBA. It's hard to stop them, but for some reason, I feel like traveling on the road to LA and while, you know, Russell Westbrook is from the LA area. I just don't think that they'll be able to sustain that type of pace against a team that frankly just plays really good defense. And the Lakers, they are a bottom 11 team in terms of pace. So, you know, where does the game script go? Do the Lakers play faster or do the Wizards play slower? And I'm leaning to the, the Wizards playing slower. So I, I'm going to go the under here. I think the Lakers, the Lakers are going to do their best to try to disrupt Westbrook. And I don't think anyone can really contain Bradley Beal, but if you can take out one of the two, I think that's going to bode well for you. So I think that they're going to give more defensive trouble for the wizards. So I'm going to go the under on it. Uh, do you think this is a big LeBron game? They've dropped two of their last games. Uh, he seems to get up for uh, games where the, the stars come out and uh, especially yeah. when they've dropped two. Um, any thoughts on like LeBron props tonight or anything? Yeah, let me take a look at some LeBron props here. Um, if I, I mean, if I'm just looking off without looking at it, I'm going to look at his points line. But that that's the most interesting to me out the gates. Let me see here. So, thirty one and a half. That's a bit much. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go especially for if you're his, thinking actually, they slow yeah. the pace down. You know. Right. Yeah, I think I'm going to actually go with his assist line at nine and a half. Um. I think without Anthony Davis in the lineup, LeBron is a walking triple, triple double. So, you know, any, any, any of these, you know, his rebound prop is also at nine and a half. So I feel pretty confident about LeBron actually getting both of those in a, in a, in a, in a game where he's going to be more active, trying to keep up with Russ and all of his, you know, garbage time stats that he <laughs> always accumulates. I, I think this could be a good game for LeBron to bounce back after dropping two, two of the last three games this guy's going to be motivated. And I think he's going to come out hot. 10 assists, lock it in. Yeah. I really like that assist one because uh, not only AD, but Schroeder has been out. And that's why LeBron's mm -hmm. assists have gone down this season compared to when he led the league last season. The Schroeder taking on more playmaking uh, responsibility. With him out, I can see uh, the ball in LeBron's hands a lot more. This that's a great point. Really great point. Uh, okay, moving on to the last game we're going to talk about for tonight quickly, Chicago-Houston. This has been flipping back and forth on who is favored. Uh, Dan, you said you had a lean on this? Yeah, I'm going with Chicago, and mainly because, dude, I mean, can we not talk about Zach Levine's 
crazy play as of late. I mean, this dude is coming a bona fide superstar right in front of our eyes here. He's dropped what 30 in his last he dropped 33 in his last contest against Houston, but I think he's dropped like 30 in his last four or five games or so. But like either way, you know, the Chicago Bulls are going to be as successful as Zach Levine is. And he's already has them only a half game out of playoff contention, which I don't think anyone really expected the Bulls to be competitive this year. And he's, mm-hmm. he's really just taking that next step in his evolution as a basketball player doing it all. You know, he's actually pretty close to 50, 40, 90 right now, which you know, inefficiency was really the thing that held him back before, you know, in his Minnesota days and wanting to get more playing time. I think he's owning the moment and I don't see Houston as they're going through their injury uh, drama. You know, DeMarcus Cousins just came out with his one of his trade demands or whatever, even though he's going to be playing tonight. I don't think Houston's going to have their, the, the anything to really put Levine in check or stop the Bulls from, their, their play as of late. Cause the bulls have been playing really good basketball. They're also 10 and four against the spread on the road and mm-hmm. 10 and four in non-conference games. So I like the bulls here, money line uh, right now it's at minus minus one ten, but it's pretty much just a pick them. So um, I'm going with the bulls. And then I, I, yeah, I really don't think that they have any, anything to match with Zach Levine. Yeah. The bulls have been a cover machine on the road this season. And with Houston having Oladipo and Christian Wood out, you're right. I don't, if, if Oladipo was playing, I would feel differently about Levine. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. but you're right. I don't see anybody there to stop him. Uh, it does look like on the good news, uh, PJ Tucker is upgraded to probable for Houston, but I'm with you like Chicago tonight. Let's hear from our sponsors. Better than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGENs only care about most. That's sports betting. The best part is you'll be able to get free video picks from the SGPN crew every day. Make sure to subscribe to the SGPN crew page at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV so you never miss any of our videos. If you're subscribed, you'll get a notification every time a new SGPN video is posted. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV to subscribe to our Better Than Dot Vegas page today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we're brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no big. You're buying positions from other sports bettors that is no house you can play for money in 40 states it's sports betting without a vig you literally cannot beat it sign up today at betteredge.com and use promo code sgp for a free ten dollar bet that's b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com promo code sgp and let's get into tuesday's previews um did any game since you are the guest did any games really stick out at you as matchups you wanted to talk about for tuesday yeah, I'm going to go with the honestly man, it's the Sixers. They <laughs> they blew it. I thought you'd say that. They blew it and at least they get a shot of, at redemption here against the Raptors again. Um, you know, Joel Embiid, that's my MVP right now. Yes, it's a bit homer of me, a bit of a Embiid stand, but I think this is going to be the best game on the slate in terms of competitiveness. You know, the their division rivals the Raptors are starting to find their rhythm because they were really bad um, at the beginning of the season. But, you know, to their credit, they're also playing in a building that they've never played at before. Now Tampa's their home. So I think that they're still trying to get their 
Barry's living in Florida and, and, and going through, they actually haven't had too much COVID, which is, which is great for them. But, you know, mm-hmm. all in all, I, I want to see the, I want to see the best on the floor. And Ben Simmons is playing really well as of late. He had a great game against them last night. Or, um, yeah, last night. So that's the rematch that I'm looking forward to most on that slate is the Sixers and the Sixers and the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, did the Sixers get revenge here? I mean, uh, I I really thought the Sixers were going to take this uh, game and uh, oh, the first matchup they lost. Um, the and Toronto was favor or Toronto was getting three points last time. I imagine the line is going to be right around there again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so, even interesting that uh, you know the Sixers. Is, I mean, we were just talking about it not too long ago. They play awful on the road and they play even worse against teams that are 500 and below. And at that time of them playing the Raptors, they were, the Raptors were 15 or were, were, um, were 500. So they tend to play down the competition a lot. So hopefully they, they write the ship here and they can get a W um, in the second contest. Yeah. Any thoughts on Embiid? Will he step up? Because the Raptors haven't been good at defending the paint with Aaron Baines there. I mean, Boucher has been better, but he's been with the second unit. Yeah, it's the the, the Baines Boucher carousel. You know, I, I guess you you might have. I guess it's it's more of about what Nick Nurse is is trying to play matchups. I think against traditional bigs, you'll see more of Aaron Baines. You know, anyone that can that needs to get bodied or has a post presence against the more stretch five, agile, you know, skinnier build, mold type centers. Then you'll see Chris Boucher, but you know, Aaron Baines isn't the long-term solution there. And, you know, I think maybe it's just a, a matter of getting Chris Boucher the reps and making sure that he's, he's still learning as he's still developing, but like still getting him some, some good game time action. But I mean, and B should just go off. Like those dudes can't, they can't, they can't hang with them and their yeah. front court, you know, they're apparently in the market for a center DeMarcus, DeMarcus cousins name has surfaced, but I don't see him going there. I think he is, he has better aspirations to go to LA or Boston or, a different type of contending team, but yeah, I don't think that Joel Embiid should be the differentiating factor in most games. And if the Sixers aren't feeding him or, or making it a point to get him to rock and, and dominate, then they're probably going to lose. But uh, either way, they needed to own the pain. And it was, it was obvious as you know, Ben Simmons scored over 20 points last night. He did a great job getting to the, getting to the basket, much like Joel Embiid will as well. So they should be, they should be in better shape, but I don't, it's just hard to trust them. They, they play down the competition way too often. And it's just very mm. frustrating. And as, as much as the frustrations you have as a Phoenix Suns fan, I have very similar frustrations <laughs> of being a Philly fan over the years. Well, uh, you mentioned that the Raptors are in the market for a center. Any thoughts on Drummond going there? Because books have him right now as that's the favorite destination for Andre Drummond. It makes a lot of sense because that's what they're missing. They need a guy that can block shots and clean the glass. They they lost out on, you know, they lost Marcus All, they lost Sergi Baca, they didn't want to pay him. So I think he makes the logical sense. And it's just a matter of, you know, he doesn't have to do everything that he was doing for Cleveland. You know, oftentimes there's a, quite a few, uh, you know, shacked in a full moments where Andre Drummond's driven the ball up the court, trying to make behind the back passes, kind of like JaVale McGee. It's like, what are they doing? That's just not your game. So get into a system where you're not forced to do too much. We know your strengths, hit the glass, play defense. And that's, that's a role that he could absolutely play in Toronto. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they wind up making a move to, to acquire him as we get closer to the trade deadline or the buyout Absolutely, market. Because Siakam and Ananobi seem like good 
uh, front court players to play alongside Drummond because they can both hit from outside. Uh, Ananobi right. is just like next level on defense, and with uh, you know them next to each other would be really interesting. And that would uh, be a force. I, yeah, yeah. Did you get a chance? I, I I didn't really get a chance to watch this game that closely last night. The Sixers Raptors. Um, did you get a chance to watch it in the opening when they started Siakam at center? Um, with, with like Bembry and Van Vliet in the backcourt because Lowry's been out. Right. And then, I, and then Bembry didn't even start the second half. So it was, a, it was yeah. a very, I mean, this is Nick nurse just playing with the yeah. rotations again. But as you mentioned, uh, Norman Powell has been playing outside of his mind lately. This guy's a bona fide score. I mean, he's dropped 30 in his last, uh, prior to going into yesterday's contest, he dropped 30 a couple times. I think he's been a, a great revelation for them. And it seems like the Toronto Raptors tend to play at a higher pace when he's in the lineup versus OG and Anubi, which makes sense because he's like the defensive stopper, but they have pieces there. So, you know, I think if they get one more piece, like that's what really brings that team into the fold of being a, a playoff contending team. Whereas right now they're kind of like a fringe. I see them being like a first round exit type of team. Yeah. I mean, one, one trade we've talked about last week on this podcast was Norman Powell and maybe a draft pick or a second round draft pick, something like that for Drummond because Powell is expiring at the end of this season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that feels point. like a very, uh, you know, Nick nurse playing chess, play Norman Powell a lot, uh, drive up his value and then trade him for a piece. They need a little more. Dude, you're reading between the lines, man. I love that. I love that theory. <laughs> and it, uh, and it fits because that, that, that serves yeah. the need for the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to our next game. A uh, big matchup on Tuesday night uh, that I want to hit is Boston Celtics at the Dallas Mavericks. I'm seeing an early line of Dallas minus three. I'm seeing an early total of 230 and a half. Pretty high, uh, especially for Boston, who's struggled to score in certain games. Marcus Smart still out. Uh, Dallas, nobody on the injury report now. Uh as somebody who watches a lot of Eastern games, I'm sure since you're a Sixers fan, what do you think of Boston this season and why have they been struggling? Is there a point where we get to a conversation of Brad Stevens, maybe not being the best coach? I don't know. They're underachieving. Yeah. I mean, 15 and 15, you know, they, Jason Tatum did uh, get hit with the COVID did get hit with COVID-19. He was on the shelf for a couple of weeks and they haven't been healthy to your point. You know, Marcus smart has been out. Kemba Walker got a late start because he was going through a strengthening program with his knee. But I'm I'm concerned about the Boston Celtics. If I'm, if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm, I'm wondering what they're going to do. Danny Ainge has to be held accountable here. They got to make a move. And I don't see Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice being the answer that they need to hold down the front court. So, you know, if they got to go get a Boogie Cousins, if they got to get a Drummond, if they have to get somebody, they have to get some kind of rim protection because uh, they don't have it right now. And Without Marcus Smart there, he's like the heart and soul of that team. When he's out of the lineup, I feel like the defensive intensity just isn't there. And then you're just w standing around watching, you know, Tatum and, and Brown go off. So while they have probably the most, probably two of the youngest, hottest stars on the in the Eastern Conference in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I'm concerned. I'm worried. So, yeah. you know, I. I'm also just as just as worried as the Dallas Mavericks, to be honest, because they're not they haven't been playing very well either. So we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> That's true, um, and it's an interesting point um, about the 
coaching in uh, in Boston, but I, I feel like it's more of a front office thing. You know, I, they didn't give them, as you just mentioned, they don't have the force in the middle um, that they, you're right. I don't see the guys they have in their front court as long-term solutions. It would be really interesting to see if they, you know, a, a big what if scenario, if they were able to pull off that Miles Turner trade, like a Gordon Hayward Ooh. sign in trade for Miles Turner. Um, I think that's what all the rumors were that they were going for. And when they couldn't get it, they ended up like throwing it together with Tristan Thompson. So and um, that's just not going to work out. <laughs> it just isn't. It hasn't worked. I was I was high on the move. I thought maybe Tristan Thompson could get to those levels. But I guess when he's not alongside LeBron, he just doesn't play to the same skill level. But then, you know, not just the in the middle. Uh, it's also Kemba Walker, even though he is back he's not at 100 percent, and he's playing his no. worst basketball of his career right now and just in terms of numbers and you can see he just does not look himself he's not attacking the paint he's not driving to the rim quite as much it's it's almost a point of desperation for them because when marcus smart went down it just the sense of urgency just went up for kemba walker to return to to play and he's not ready you know and and it's i know he's a warrior he's he's a guy that wants to play He's going to do everything he can to be out on the court, but I think it's actually to their detriment sometimes when they force these players back and you know, their history of forcing players or not forcing players, but you know, people have played through some significant injuries for the Boston Celtics that didn't work out long-term IE Isaiah Thomas. So it's on, I, I, I just don't know what they're going to do. You know, they gotta, they have to do something if they're going to be serious about making a run in the Eastern conference, because they're right now, they're not, they don't have the talent to support Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown to be, a, a real a real to make a statement in the playoffs this year mm -hmm. and on the other side of the ball we have the dallas mavericks who uh, luca came in as the far and away favorite as mvp he's really dropped now he has not played to that level came in seemingly out of shape uh mavericks take on the grizzlies tonight so this will be the second of a back-to-back -back for them a while I'm seeing the early line as they have them favored. Any thoughts on the Mavericks and do you like them against Boston? Oh, the Mavs. So yeah, the Mavs, they're 13 and 15 on the year right now. And, you know, to your point earlier, Luca was certainly my MVP vote, you know, coming into the season. And while he's still having a great season, uh, was he averaging 29, 99, you know, close mm -hmm. to a triple double. He's playing great, but their team camaraderie just isn't there. And yeah, they've gotten hit by the COVID bug as well. Pretty, pretty seriously. You know, Josh Richardson still isn't back. Jalen Brunson missed some time. Porzingis is coming off a torn meniscus injury. So I think it's a combination of things as to why they haven't really been successful. But ultimately, you know, I think that this is a battle of two teams that are thriving or, or striving to, to find their identity. And I'm going to give it to the Boston Celtics on this one. I think that they have more talent than the Mavericks do. Um, but, you know, if Porzingis decides to play to the level that he was uh, in the bubble, then, you know, I think that they're going to actually have a tough time defending him. Uh, Luke is going to get his regardless of the situation, but it's really about those other players stepping up for the Mavericks, for them to be competitive. And I just don't think that they're there yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of Andre Drummond, I believe that the Mavericks are the second favorite destination, according to most books. Uh, I think they have him at they have him at like plus three fifty of where Drummond will go. 
Uh, thoughts on him playing next to Przingis? Do you like that trade? I think they need they need a post presence. So you know, Porzingis, as much as he he still you know is a I mean seven foot three, but he's really just a stretch five at this point. So you know, while he's very good in the interior in terms of defense, defense, I think it also helped to have someone else support him so that he doesn't have to do as much um, like an Andre Drummond. I think that's actually a really good landing spot, the type of landing spot that could actually improve them significantly in terms of getting closer late, late in the, those late game situations where they got to get a stop having Andre Drummond to anchor you is, is certainly a way more valuable than having like Maxi Kleba or, you know, James Johnson playing up the yeah. center position or, Dwight you know, they've been trying to get, yeah, they've been getting quite unique trying to get these guys out there. And Dwight Powell's a fringe bench guy. Like that, that's what his role is. You got to get a, you got to get a, a formidable uh, center in there to, to really anchor that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really understand, like, both sides of this argument. Uh, when I first heard this as a landing spot for Drummond, I liked it, and then I read some more, and some analysts really think that for the Mavericks to be as good as they can be, they need Przingis in playing five, you know, to be that stretch five and to be more of a rim defender than he was in the past. Uh, I guess it really matters on whether they think he can get back there or not. If they don't, I think they got to think about getting off him. Cause he's not the superstar that they're paying him to be. If he can't play the five. And look at that trade by the Knicks. You know, everyone was like, Oh, yeah. what a bad trade. But like so far it has, it's worked out pretty well for them. I mean, it, if, if Porzingis really can't stay healthy for the, the length of his career, this is, this is going to be one of those things. That's unfortunately just a, you know, one of those unfortunate events that, you know, Porzingis may not just be able to shake and he's got to get back out there. I mean, he's had plenty of time to rehab for this meniscus injury. And I think now it's just about him getting into, into the, the rhythm of what he was before. And, you know, hopefully he's getting the confidence to get that there, but certainly not, it's not being seen in their play because the Mavericks should not be 13 and 15, um, you know, almost half, uh, halfway through the season. That's, that's unacceptable. And he's got to be held accountable. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned the Knicks, let's move on to our next matchup. Two teams that are right around 500 as well, though we didn't expect them to be this close preseason. We've got the Warriors versus Knicks uh, in New York. Uh, I believe the preseason over under for Golden State was around 37 and a half wins, while the Knicks were at 25 and a half. I, I mean, and right now they, they look, as far as their records, they look equivalent. Um, you know, Golden State obviously dealing with a lot of problems on injuries. Uh, Marquise Chris out for the season, Weissman and Looney. So those are three guys they expected to anchor their center uh, spot, and they just cannot seem to get them healthy. Steph Curry now is, it says he's questionable due to illness, but it's non-COVID related. I, I got to say, I can see Golden State coming in here as the favorite, or a slight favorite. I kind of like New York here. New York's been playing pretty well, 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six games, whereas Golden State's been 2-4 and four against the spread in their last six games. One of my hot takes for uh, my, my, my fantasy podcast was that the Knicks were going to make the playoffs, and... I'll be honest, man. Like I, I, I hate, I hate the Knicks. Grew up hating the Knicks. Like they're terrible. But like I gotta respect, I gotta respect what they're doing there. And if Steph Curry does not play in this game, I'm definitely gonna bet on the Knicks. And I can't believe I just said that live on air. 
but <laughs> well, I guess if he doesn't, we have to really see what that line is. I guess if Def, if Steph yeah. doesn't play, what do you think the line ends up? Do you think the Knicks are favored? They have to be. Yeah, yeah, I would think that they'd probably be like three, probably like three to four point favorites. I would say something kind of small like that. I, I don't see it being too anything too crazy, like seven to ten. But uh, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty competitive game just because you know I think what Tom Thibodeau's doing, I think he's still. While the the Derrick Rose acquisition may not be as glamorous as it once may have been, he's really getting a, a, an established rotation of people that can hustle, play defense, and give him what he needs in terms of running the offense efficiently, uh, which is something that you know Alfred Payton has his has his struggles with turnovers. Emmanuel quickly, while super dynamic and a really good scorer off the bench, you know he doesn't really facilitate that much. He's more of just a scorer. So I think Derrick Rose actually sits in there pretty well. I would be kind of concerned about RJ Barrett though, because his minutes have gone down over the last six games, um, only getting like 20 averaging 27 minutes a, a contest. So, you know, as much as, you know, the, 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 the Knicks are still trying to find their, their, their place in the East. I think that they'll at least be competitive against the Warriors um, and even if Steph is there, you know, I, I would probably bet the player props more so than the, than the actual game, uh, because t- Steph tends to play really well in Madison square garden. But, uh, yeah, I think it's actually a pretty even contest when you, when you take, uh, Steph out of the equation there, because yeah. it's really going to be Kelly, Kelly Oubre and, and Andrew Wiggins being their lead scorers and who, who's scared of Wiggins. <laughs> right. Yeah, Draymond can't seem to be an offensive player at all this season. And that's one thing I was going to throw out there to you. Uh, Julius Randle, if Steph plays, I like Julius Randle player props a little less because with Steph taking on the offensive burden, I think that Draymond can kind of focus on shutting down Julius Randle. But if he has to be the main facilitator all night, uh, he doesn't seem to have the legs to play both sides of the court as much anymore. I mean, he's got to be one of the oldest looking 30 year olds in the league right now. hundred <laughs> percent, man. Uh, I like where you're going with the, the Julius Randall prop. I would actually, if I was going to, even if Steph is going to play or if he's not, I would still be interested in Julius Randall's rebound line, mainly because of what you described earlier of that, that decimated front court of mm-hmm. Kavon Looney being out, James Wiseman being out. The Warriors have been extremely thin uh, starting, you know, six, eight people like Juan Toscano Anderson at center at times. And, you know, Eric Paschal, who's six, six. So they're extremely small and, and, Julius Randle has been a beast on the boards, you know, averaging well over 10 this season. So I think that that's a very, a, a very nice prop that he could be able to attain, uh, assuming whether Steph Curry is playing or not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's talk about our last matchup that we're going to have time to cover for Tuesday. we got to get in on the Sacramento Kings who looked hot for a while and then have just fallen off of a cliff and then the skyrocketing <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I mean, Brooklyn Nets have just been uh, taking out everyone. Everyone, yeah. And uh, Sacramento 0 and 7 against the spread in their last seven games. Uh, Durant still out indefinitely. We'll have to see if that updates tomorrow, but I think they'd leave him on the shelf, right? They don't need him for this game. No, no. Let, let him get healthy. It's a strained hammy. There's no point in him playing. And, and with how well James Harden's been carrying that offense as well as Kyrie Irving, I mean, they're just beating it's, – it's, they're another team that tends to play down the competition, but they play up to the best. And 
Uh, there's no reason that Kevin Durant needs to be rushed back here. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie Irving actually sat out too and then just left Harden out there to 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 take on the 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 Kings. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting. They've been sitting Kyrie more than they've been sitting Harden. Harden is the one who looks out of shape still, uh, <laughs> even though he's been playing like 40 minutes a game. How does I don't know how he does it, man. That guy is just insane. Uh, crazy flop. Did you see that? I don't know if seeing that flop. Uh, Ridiculous. Kawhi's last shot last night. So, I mean, to call an offensive foul at that stage in the game, like, come on. Like, yeah, there's just some calls that don't need to be made. Yeah, it's such a ticky tack. No. Absolutely. That was a bummer. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's interesting that you say they kind of they play down to competition. Uh, I would be interested to see what the line is. I, I mean, I, if it's just Harden going, I could see the line being a little less, but kind of like the mm -hmm. Kings to keep it close here if they if they have a little bit of a, uh, you know, five or six point spread there. Yeah, it, in Sacramento, it, yeah, Darren Fox hasn't played well as of late, but I think he's, you know, from fantasy terms, I think he's a great buy low. I, I think he was just in a rut last week. I think he'll he'll get out of it. But the Kings are actually a pretty decent team. Um, you know, they're they're certainly better when Rashawn Holmes is in the lineup and they're not having to trot out Hassan Whiteside mm -hmm. or Marvin Bagley for over 30 minutes because both of those guys just are just not very good defensively. So or maybe it's just the energy. I don't I don't know what it is. Like Marvin Bagley just hasn't really worked out there. He demanded a trade earlier in the season. They're not letting him go. So like I just he just doesn't seem to be too inspired to play basketball. Uh but yeah, if if we have a couple of guys missing out of the game for Brooklyn, I think the Sacramento could probably keep it a little bit close. But uh I would probably be more inclined to bet the first half odds for that one. Uh, I could see that the Nets coming out a little slow, probably dogging it a little bit, traveling cross country. Yeah. Uh, and then they would blow them out, you know, second half. Ooh, I really like that first half. I could see them looking like they did against the Suns, which the Suns just blew them out in the first half. Right. And then the Suns come out a little flat. The, yeah. And then Harden just went insane in the second half and they ended up winning. So good call about that first half. Uh, anything else you want to mention about Tuesday before uh, slate before we get out of here? Uh, let's see here. Nothing. Yeah, I think we covered all the main games, to be honest. Uh, the other games, I guess I would be kind of interested in checking out maybe Portland and the Denver Nuggets is, is an intriguing matchup, mainly because, you know, just watching and see what Jokic can do. I think that's going to be a really popular player prop play just with, you know, going up against Enos Kander. That's barbecue chicken, as Shaq likes to say. Um, and Not Jamal, only that, but... Not only that, but Portland will be on the second half of a back-to-back -back against oh, the back Suns. Back. So it's going to be a big mm -hmm. battle for them tonight, I think. Absolutely right. That's a great point. Um, you know, I think we definitely need to talk more about, you know, and we could talk about that another time, but, like, the, the scheduling implications off these back-to-backs and when people rest and, and, and the minutes allocation of where they get on the front end versus the back end, it would just be a really interesting study um, because I, I would love to see the performance there after back-to-backs, especially when you're facing two really good teams in a row like the Suns, and then you go to against the Denver Nuggets like that. You know, Portland might have their – it's going to be a rough two games for Portland, we'll say that much. But uh, Absolutely. that's going to be a good – could be a good matchup. I think Jamal Murray, he's been playing really well, dropped 50 points um, last week. But he's also a guy that, you know, he'll disappear and, and give you like 15 points the day, the day after. So he's so hot and cold. Uh, but I think that the, the Denver Nuggets are, are still like a legitimate squad. And with Jokic playing at an MVP level, they're going to be tough to stop. So I, I would probably take 
my early my early uh, action would be on Denver there. I just don't know what the line would be off the back to back for Portland. Absolutely. In Denver, I like that. Denver is playing a lot better at home than they have on the road. Have to see how banged up they are and what the ultimate line is. But you're right. Uh, should be a really good matchup. Okay, we got to get out of here. Make sure everyone follows Dan on Twitter. Again, he tweets a lot of interesting uh, player props and stats at Dan Titus. And also, if you're into fantasy basketball, make sure to listen to his podcast, The Stretch for NBA podcast uh anything else you want to promote before we get out of here dan no man i just want to say thank you for having me on love love the the work that you guys are doing here at sports betting sports gambling network and uh dude it's awesome and congratulations i'll say it on air you got some great things coming your way as well and welcome to the action team can't wait to be working with you in the future and uh yeah we'll see you guys next time man been fun absolutely we'll have you back on the podcast very soon please make sure to subscribe rate and review nba gambling podcast we'll be back on locker room tomorrow 5 p.m eastern standard time so bring your picks bring your questions uh is listener calling everybody who wants to talk will get to talk uh zach and i and i believe Munaf will be back on wednesday with a full podcast Uh, and make sure to follow me at the Ryan McKee. All right, good luck with your bets tonight. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.